0: Good morning, Vineyard! <laughs> okay, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we are so in need of you. We are so blessed by you. that We just want to draw close to you. We, we want you to hear our hearts, and we want to hear your heart, and we want to go forth and do the things that are in your heart for us to do, and we want to do it in your authority and in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, as I just mentioned authority and power, and that's what I'm going to be talking about, um, and I... Actually, uh, I talked about this years ago. Um, It's kind of funny. I was talking with Jamie earlier um, that there are certain things that when I'm going to speak, I'll, you know, I'll pray about it and I'll think, you know, and then something will remind me of something and I'll look up. Whatever, and I've I've got uh, some Word. They may not even be Word documents. They could be Amy Pro documents. I don't know, but I mean, it's, they're from way back. Because wait a minute, I know. I mean, I've I've known this stuff. I've used this stuff, but I thought, okay, somewhere I've got some good information on this. And anyway, so that's that's kind of how it's been. So most of what I've talked about is not something that just hit me, I mean, or whatever. I know that, you know, whenever that was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I would spend a lot of hours really praying and really, really, really trying to find God's heart, which is still what I'm trying to do, but um, it's interesting because things that were more of a revelation than I can look back on it and I'm going to say, how did that work out, you know? I mean, I talk about something uh, 20 and even 25 years ago. I mean, that far back. And so it's kind of nice to be able to look at these things and go, You know, is it, you know, how did that, how true is that? I mean, how was that read on that? And uh, so this one is, this one is pretty firm. Uh, This one is one that, uh, in fact, I think I really got the sense that this is something important. And this is something important for now. It's, um... So, let's, and, and it's going to be a little bit of a word study, but it's only two words. So, okay, and they're in Greek, so we can handle that. Huh? Exactly, but I'm a teacher, and that's what my job is, is to explain things that are Greek to us, Right? Except I don't speak Greek. Okay. Uh, from John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Um, all right, this is Jesus talking. Uh, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. The command I received from my father. Okay, so he's got authority to lay down his life. He's got authority to take his life up again, but he's doing it all because it is what his father has told him to do does that that read is that how you take that Okay, so what we're going to talk about is how these ideas of authority and power work and if you look at um, you can look at a Strong's Concordance or a Knave's topical Bible index or whatever, and you're going to find that there are two words that are used for power or authority in the New Testament. And they are not exactly the same. In fact, there's a very significant Difference. So if we start with exousia, and I usually have heard it pronounced exousia, but exousia, um, and it is to put it as um, delegated authority. Now it does mean authority and it does mean power, but Fundamentally, it means delegated authority. So in that, in the New Testament, it's used to mean authority delegated from God. So whether that is on earth, and let's look at uh, Romans 13.1. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And this is important. I think it's important. I believe I've read or heard somewhere years ago that when this was written, Nero was the emperor of Rome so Paul is saying Nero is there because God put him there Um, that doesn't mean that all authorities are good guys or they're even I mean even the evil authorities but they're there because of the sovereignty of God because God has given all authority. And speaking of, uh, well, let's just like in, in the heavenlies, let's say, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by, created by him and for him manifested in freedom. Um, so, if, in case there's any doubt, everything was created. All of these, again, authorities were established. Whether it was on heaven or on earth, visible or invisible, Thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him, manifested in freedom. So, we'll going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians six twelve. Okay, so this is Paul again. Everything is permissible for me. but not everything is beneficial okay everything is permissible for me but he's saying but I will not be mastered by anything so I, I'm, I'm allowed to do a lot of things but they're not uh, yeah I'm just not going to be owned by any of these things so uh, a couple of things one in uh, in the colossians thing and you, we don't have to go back there but i'm just saying all things were created by him and for him manifested in freedom that's important manifested in freedom there is some now <laughs> When we start talking about the sovereignty of God and we start talking about free will and predestination and the conflicts about these things, okay, first thing I want to say is forget about all that right now, okay? First of all, God does not live in a time-space continuum like us, so before and after and pre and post and all that stuff, those terms have no meaning to my understanding, okay, when God says who he is to Moses, he says, I am. Not I was or I will be or one of these days. Or, I mean, it's like I am. So I I think most of us understand that as eternal, we don't know what eternity is like. We don't know what eternal is. But one thing is okay if you are letting a doctrine that tries to fit the eternal into a time space continuum right then you're going to screw it up at least that's my view again you don't have to agree with my theology but i'm just saying don't let your theology get in the way of understanding this principle because I'm reading the scripture here. And it's just said that all of these powers, and, and I mean, if they're, they're all created by God. Uh, and the idea here is, is that they are manifested in freedom. So there is for them the freedom to do this or to do that. You don't have to agree with that, but I do, so I'm just going to say it, all right? All right, so where there is no freedom, there is no authority. I mean, this is not just a single thing. This is not just one scripture, but where there is no freedom... There is no authority. God gives the freedom and the right to exercise the power uh, that comes with that. So, um, the idea here is that exousia is authority that is manifested in power. Now, manifested, I want you to understand what that means. Manifested means shown, witnessed by. So the idea is, if we say, um, you know, uh, God has given me the gift of healing. Okay, great. Everybody goes, great, great. He's got the gift of healing, right? Write that down in your little notebook, All right, But isn't it kind of more impressive if somebody actually comes up and prays for somebody and they get, well... Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm talking about, about manifested, right? Okay. Now, that's one word, exousia, and it is really about delegated authority it's authority that comes from somewhere and in this case of the new testament we're talking about authority that comes from god for really in all of reality in all of the creation that's where the power comes from but in the new testament it's very you know it's clearly that okay now there's another word and i learned some stuff on this word um and that word is the Greek word dunamis. Anybody, any of y'all heard anybody talk about that word before, dunamis? Yeah, okay. Um, it, you know, it also means power and authority and that sort of thing. But it's different. Um, in the New Testament, when the word dunamis is used, it really means... Uh, Miraculous power. Now it, 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 so it's usually implied by there being a miracle taking place or something that we would call a work of wonder. And so that's the concept. Now, okay, here's, here's something. This was what was new to me. Because I think about, you know, dunamis. That's where we get the word uh, dynamo, dynamite, dynamic. Okay. Did you know that none of those words were in the English language until the 1800s? Well, dynamite wasn't invented until, let's see, when was that? Um, 1867, Alfred Nobel, remember him? Yeah. And uh, dynamic goes back to 1812. That's the oldest one use of these words in English, and it was because it was uh, sort of borrowed from French, you know, dynamique, I think, or something like that. But it wasn't really used. These these words, uh, and I think the one that really got everybody was uh, dynamo. Generator, right? You've seen a dynamo, right? You Whatever, you turn a crank and it generates electricity. Yeah. Um, Michael Faraday... Demonstrated his, now it wasn't called dynamo when he did it. It was called the Faraday device, <laughs> okay, in I think 1831, 1832. It really wasn't called, I don't think it was called the dynamo until the 1880s. Now, th- the thing that got my attention about that is this that had to have looked miraculous. I mean, you know, I mean, we've known electricity has been around. We've known some things about the properties of electricity. And, you know, and the, you know, everybody knows the Benjamin Franklin story, right? You know, so we know some things about electricity, but making it, generating it, well wow, that was new now it just happened to be coming at the uh at a time when there was an awful lot going on it, that involved um you know science being applied in what we call technology right we had starting in the late 1600s we had uh Isaac Newton i mean it, you know from say 16 70, up until really, really, well, even into the 1800s, we, we had things that were mysteries, and suddenly they become laws. And, you know, and it's like, we know, right? So there's, all of this has been going on, but still the ability to create electricity, we don't, we don't even think about that now. When it goes out we think about it then then you know what we do we crank up that generator right <laughs> if we've got one we don't have one we <laughs> you know light some candles um but you know i mean all the things that that have come since then that use electricity and this was miraculous so i can i can understand why they would use a Greek word that meant miraculous power. It's a power that, um, how was it? Manifested, right? It, It manifested a miraculous thing. So, Jesus used dunamis, power to uh, manifest his exousia authority. All right, Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 20. So, when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind received sight. The lame walk." those who have leprosy are cured the deaf hear the dead are raised and the good news is preached to the poor it's like did he he didn't he didn't ever say yes he said go back to john tell him what you see right the evidence the manifestation So, um, now, of course, that's Jesus. What about us? To fulfill our calling, whatever that is, we'll have to walk in some authority and under some authority, since none of us, God, right? So we we have to learn to use the authority that God has given us and to find out what that authority is. And also not to presume that we have authority that we don't. I remember when I took my driving test, I got marked off on there because I failed to take the right of way. You know, I thought, I can lose points for being a nice guy? And, you know, yes, you lose points for being a nice guy because it throws everything out of whack, right? So, um, So, yeah, I mean, we need to know what it is our calling is and we need to know, you know, what the limits are and so forth. Now, some of the things are kind of, are sort of spelled out for us, because, you know, if we're parents, because I got, listen, let's take a look at Ephesians 6, verse 1. Honestly, I don't remember if it was here or if it was my Bible class at school. did we look at Ephesians 6 the last couple times about kids and parents and children? I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's not like it's changed since then, you know. Um, Anyway, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Now, some key words here. Honor your father and mother. Now, that does not say obey your father and mother till the day you die. That would be wrong. Okay? Unless you live at home, I guess. You know, if you live at home in the basement or something like that, maybe you should. But honor is different than obey. So, honor is Your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, the reason I say honor and not obey is is that one of the things that a lot of young married couples have to learn is there's a change in the authority structure. As soon as you create a new family. And by family, I don't mean children just yet. I mean husband and wife. And we're going to get to that. Okay? But a lot of people don't understand that, you know, you do respect your parents. You should always honor your parents. But... there's a new authority structure that's established as soon as you marry. So, that's what? what? Yes, I know. They should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm just, I mean, I'm not going to give any, I mean, there are probably a bunch of stories in this room (laughs) about, you know, things where that had to be worked out. But that's, you know, I'm just saying that, just make sure you understand that honor means that. You do that from now on. But the thing about the relationship about who you obey and to what degree and so forth is, it changes. So, um Now, if you're, if you want to be a good parent, you start preparing for that day. um, The day they're born. The day the, the, the child is born. Because really what we're called upon is to lay down our lives. We're not going to get to keep it this mortal life we have is temporary and, you know, so what do we do? We spend ourselves, we spend our days and we spend our, you know, we spend our lives and so the idea here is, is that we are going to expend ourselves for whatever God has given us to do and if we're a parent one of those things is raising children. Now, Husbands and wives, Um, and this is one that gets, well, I think it actually gets skipped over a lot these days, but I'm going to, you know, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. That is not a popular idea these days. Um, now, if already there are a bunch of little things, but, 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 coming up right now, all right? Just don't go there right now, okay? And just hear this. You, you're going you're gonna to make your own mind up anyway, You're going to decide what you're going to do. But I'm just reading you what was written to the church in Ephesus. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now that kind of puts the husband in a pretty elevated position, don't you think? I mean, you know, it's like we got this thing of Christ in the church. Now, as the Christ, as the, excuse me, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives must submit to their husbands in everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, but that apparently is not the whole story, right? Because just like this quarter, I know I got a quarter in my pocket. Yeah, yeah, on one side it's got a guy's head, and the other side it's got an eagle, right? So, so far all we've seen is the guy's head side of the coin. Husbands, love your wife. Did you notice right up there earlier it didn't say that the wives were to love their husbands? It says to submit to them. One hopes that there's love there. But husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So what what is this guy who is representing Christ supposed to do? Get crucified. I mean, that's what happened to Jesus, right? I mean, mean, look. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So our job is, when I say our, I mean husbands, right, is to, is to do whatever, even if it means crucifixion our death or whatever. We're to do whatever in order to present a bride without blemish. Now, I don't know how all that works. All I can say is, is that 20 or 25 years after I first looked into this, I can say it works. So, um, okay. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. So this is not what a lot of people make it out to be. Some people, you know, there was a time when it was like, this is the scripture that was used so that men could lord over their wives. But it's not that at all. I mean, okay, I'm going to get to the. Uh, I'm going to get to the how this all works in just a second. The key to the successful use of authority is laying down our lives. That's what this is about. This isn't about stuff I get. This is about how I'm supposed to lay down my life. How parents are supposed to lay down their lives. How children are supposed to lay down their lives. How wives are supposed to lay down their lives. That's what this is about. So what was it Jesus said? No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. And the word he used was exousia. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So, basically, we lay down our lives for those under our authority. They're the ones, okay, the ones who receive benefit from my authority are to be those under my authority and those who gave me my authority. We do it in obedience to fulfill his purposes who gave us the authority. Now, ultimately, that's God. So, a lot of times that authority is expressed through his agents, whether that's, as we said, Parents or husbands, bosses, sergeants, policemen, whatever. Where you know. So to manifest that authority requires dunamis power of the Holy Spirit manifesting evidence evidence from the Holy Spirit so neither our authority or our power is for us It's it's for those under us it's for those over us and when I say under and over it just means those who are, who are under that authority, and those who are over that authority. All right, these are the basics of how authority and power work, at least as I understand them, in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Now, there's more to this story, which I'm, you know, that's, that's another day. Uh, how, how do we find out, you know, how do we find out what our, our calling is? How do we find out what, you know, what, what it is we do? And what kind of power we're supposed to have? And there are, there is, I think, a very serious threat Especially in the church, uh, people who have a great deal of power but very few constraints upon that power um, I, i'm like I say i 'm not going to get into that today, but I, this that 's just the groundwork that's that's laying, laying that down. We get the authority from God for whatever area he's given us to have you know this dominion in this authority in and then the holy spirit provides us with power that provides evidence that that is indeed the case and it's not magic because uh how many months was it that uh that john wimber pray had a healing service at his church, Jim, before they, he had his, they had the first, do you remember that? Several months, several months. God told him, pray for the sick every Sunday, and that's what he did. <laughs> Nobody, for months. And then, of course, when, uh, when the evidence came, that was when the dam broke. So, you know, I'm not saying again, it's not magic. It's not like, well, if you don't have results here, then that's not what you are. So, um, it's it's like most things that I've uh realized uh, being a Christian for lots of years is that uh we cannot really formulate it down into something, you know, that's easy to to say. You know, whatever it is, because it's really not up to everybody else. It's, it's, it's your job and it's my job to find out what it is that God wants me to do, what's you to do. And, you know, he might tell you what he wants me to do. And, okay, come tell me, but you don't get to command me, right, you know? Unless, of course, you have authority over me. So maybe that works. I don't know. In any case, the main thing I want you to see is there is a difference between authority and power. And if somebody has power, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the authority. All right? And vice versa. But usually somebody who's got a lot of power, we attribute to them a lot of authority. And uh, that, uh, that power is supposed to demonstrate the authority. Like when John the Baptist sent his disciples to see Jesus, and he says, are you the one we are supposed to come and follow and whatever? And he says, you know, and he, he doesn't answer him. He says, go back and tell him what you see. So you go back and tell him the manifestations of this and let him figure it out. He's a smart guy. Yeah. So, um, I just want, okay, let's do, let's do one thing. I'm gonna, we're just gonna have a brief prayer. Um, yeah, let's pray. Lord, um, right now, I don't want to confuse things, and I don't want to, um, make things difficult that could be very simple so I ask you Lord in that by the power of your spirit and that you would speak in this room and anywhere out um, on through the internet the people who are, are tuned into this that you would make clear what it is you have called people to do and I suspect that there are a lot of people who even question whatever calling they may have had due to the isolation of COVID and all this other stuff but regardless of any of that Lord I just ask that you would you would show us what it is that you have called us to do, and that you will empower us to do it. So, Lord, we ask for the authority from you and the power to do that and the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to, to grasp that or to not exceed that. These things we ask in Jesus' name, amen.